Good evening once again, and welcome to another edition of the Houston Round Bar Review presents Folks Talking Sports. I'm Chris Gardner of the Houston Round Bar Review, and joining me is Andy Yanez in the upper right screen. For those who are watching on YouTube and Twitter at Folks Talk Sports, and then we got Willie Gibson below Andy, and then next to him and below me in not quite Hollywood Squares is James Mueller from the Daily Cougar, the sports editor from the Cougar. James, how are you, sir? Doing got some drama well. at the house, right? <laughs> Over there. Yeah. Transformer blue behind our house. So uh, we're hoping to get that fixed, but we'll see. Oh, well, blown transformer. That, that's a big deal, James. That's that's more than just a power out. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. going to be a while. Yeah, that's going to be a while there. All right, Andy Yannis, how are you? I'm doing good, Chris. How, how are you? I'm doing pretty good. And Mr. Gibson, how are you, sir? I am phenomenal. Jim, how are you? We can barely hear you, sir. Yeah, we can barely hear you, Willie Gibson. We heard you fine there before we. It's, it's not much better. How's that? No. It sounds like it sounds like it might be uh, connected to like your device audio instead of the headphones. Yeah, it sounds like you're like in no, in a in an echo room. So that's kind of weird. Out the Check. Almost like you're in the bathroom or something. <laughs> it might be the audio settings. With the great, the great acoustics, before. but yeah. Huh? Yeah, no, because before I couldn't hear you through the headphones. Now I'm back through the headphones. So that's the weird part about it. Yeah, that's it might weird. be the audio settings. Um, okay, because before we went live, we heard you fine. And, and now we went live, we, it's, it's a little different. It's a little more of a not direct sound. But it's all right. Yeah. Oh, okay. Try try to try it again if you can, and then we'll we'll make it we'll make it work, man. Live streaming TV and and folks on who listen to it on um, iHeart, Apple, audio wise, we'll just you'll hear it rather than see it. But thank you very much for following us on Folks Talking Sports. But James, since you were able to join us, I wasn't sure you'd be able able to make it. I'm gonna pull this up because you said you want to comment on it. You have some things to not quite get off your chest, but things you want to discuss in disagreement about the national media speaking so highly of UH Cougar football. Case in point, this is Tim Brando, I believe, correct? Yeah. The, the Cougs ranked 10th in his preseason poll. Mr. Gibson will love who's ranked number one, the Ohio State Buckeyes at number one. We got Ohio State one, Alabama two, Georgia three, Baylor four, Utah five, Oklahoma 6, NC State 7, Notre Dame 8, Michigan 9, and 10. The Houston Cougars, Dana Hogerson's Houston Cougars. James, have at it. What do you think? Oh, I, was, I just, when I saw this, I was just kind of shocked. I mean, I think, don't get me wrong, I think Houston's going to have a really good year. I expect him to win the American, but uh, 10 overall in the country. I, like I said, I told. Andy and Chris that basically any team on that bottom just out except maybe Kentucky I'd probably pick over Houston if they were going head to head um I just think I mean they they got a lot of good returners um the offense should be pretty good um but defense in the secondary kind of worries me um and so I think I, I just 
and the schedule is uh, even if Houston goes twelve and zero, that's not a top ten ske- a schedule to be top ten, um, in my opinion, um, unless they beat everyone by like sixty points, uh, then they're you know flexing their muscle. But I, I was really surprised when I saw this, Andy. Well, I'm gonna just go into it because one team that's not in this poll preseason poll. This is Tim Brando. Texas A&M. Where where are they in this? Not even in this just out. Thoughts on that, James? Yeah, I was shocked on that as well. I mean, A&M's a consensus top 10 team for most national media people when you see them put out their polls in a bunch of sites as well. And I'm sure once, you know, week one comes around, they'll be a top 10 in the AP poll, but not to even be what there's six teams in the just out so they're not even top 16 technically yeah um, yeah clemson Ole miss usc oklahoma state kentucky and lsu sure they had you know some disappointing finishes last year um it should have been better than what their records showed um but like they, they've got more talent than most people in the country and they brought in the greatest recruiting class in the history of recruiting in terms of you know highest rating ever so that that surprises me for sure and Andy, I'll get your thoughts on this because we, we got this from Tim Brando. This second slide, it's not as easy to read, but it's the best football teams in Texas. And number one is Texas A&M. <laughs> <laughs> so the Aggies won, Baylor two, Houston three, the Longhorns four. And let me say right off the bat, as a UH alum as an, and an old head UH alum, it's great to see Houston better than Texas in anything. I don't care what it is. So great to see that. SMU 5, TCU 6, Texas Tech 7, UTSA 8, Cougs first opponent, UNT North Texas 9, UTEP 10, Rice 11, Texas State 12, SFA 13, San Houston State 14, and then Incarnate Word 15. But yeah, Andy, your thoughts on AM being considered ranked the Best college football team in Texas, but not even ranked in Tim Brando's top 16 nationally. Yeah, when we're focusing in on, on Tim Brando's, I'm just Tim Brando of Fox Sports. And when, when I think of something like that, it makes me think, I, I wonder what their criteria is. And to be quite honest, when it comes to these national polls, and I guess in this instance, that doesn't really even make sense because we're talking about Texas A&M. Uh, they're not a school that you would happen to just glance over and, and forget about. So I'd be curious to see what, what was kind of his criteria on. Uh, I think I agree more with that. Uh, the, the second um, polling that you had shown, I believe that was from Texas. Um, from who, who? What is it? Let me pull up again if I can pull it Texas up. Football Life. That's what it was. That's so. it. Yeah. Texas Football Life. Yes, sir. Which, you know, I'd imagine they, they are probably much more in the sense of um, in the know when it comes to the Texas football teams. I tend to agree with theirs uh, more, especially when it comes to, like James mentioned, with Texas A&M and the type of recruiting class that they're bringing in. I mean, that was all the hype heading into the offseason. It was something that blew up even uh, a little bit when, when Nick Saban made a comment. Or not Nick Saban, but we, we talked about um, how – Essentially, his recruiting class has been one of the best that the Aggies are going to bring in. Um, and going back to last season, what they were able to do and beat upset Alabama. So they're coming into this season with a lot of um, not only buzz, but a lot of excitement with what they were able to do. Baylor, obviously, of course, 
Um, we know what they were able to do and build back um, winning the Big 12 last season in their conference. And then you have Houston there. Obviously, um, the buzz, like James said, just narrowly picked to, to win the American Athletic Conference this upcoming season, um, edging out Cincinnati. And to be quite honest, to go back to the Fox Sports um, poll, I think it, it's kind of uh, it might be a testament to what Cincinnati was able to do and kind of uh, still feeling that where, hey, maybe we got to give some respect to a lot of these group of fives. But I agree with James. I would Houston at 10 has got to be way too high. Willie Gibson. Yes, sir. Thoughts, thoughts on Ohio State. The Ohio State being ranked number one preseason, according to Timmy B, Tim Brando, Fox Sports. Accurate. 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 I think when the AP comes out in a couple, what is it, maybe two weeks, it'll say the same. If not top, if not one, then two. Yeah, I think in preseason polls, the way too early looks, whatever. One, two is, you know, whoever you talk to, either Ohio State or Bama. But Willie Gibson, how about your thoughts on Texas A&M not even being listed on this top 10, nor just out the other six. Yeah, that's interesting. That's interesting. Um, I mean, they lost a few pieces, but they pretty much have a lot coming back. Their defense probably has to show up with Leo uh, leaving, but yeah, to not be in the top 10, you said Tim Brando? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. That's interesting. So much so, I wonder if he went back and made a correction, like somebody pointed out to him. You forgot Texas A&M. I haven't, I haven't seen it, but that it's like an obvious, apparent oversight. I think someone, you know? someone, or someone on his Twitter commented about that, and he like gave some reasoning or something, but I don't, wow. I didn't understand it. Okay, maybe he doesn't like Jimbo Fisher. <laughs> okay, I don't know. <laughs> Well, he likes Nick Saban and didn't appreciate the whole Jimbo Fisher. Or, or, or that. So, you know, it could be that. But, you gotta, hey, you're doing post. you got to be objective. <laughs> yeah, what James said, his response was, sorry, overrated in my opinion in regards to Texas A&M. So he doesn't believe in, in, in the Aggies. Wow. It was an oversight. Okay, well, on the guest hotline, she's able to squeeze us into her busy schedule. And Aggie, I'm not going to, because I don't even know the year oh, that perfect she graduated. Segue. But uh, an Aggie, Kim Y. Davis from Chalk Talk is going to chime in for a different. I'm going to really flip the script on some of you uh, fans watching on Twitter and YouTube and Facebook. Kim's here to also talk about the Astros and Texans. So how about those apples? Kim, how are you today, this evening? I am good. Thank you for having me. Hey, everybody. Um, it's training camp, so you know it's my tan. I've not been to the beach. I've been to football practice. So um, <laughs> it's hot. Day eight of Texans camp. Um, a lot going on there. And of course, you mentioned Astros. We're in this final stretch of the regular season. Unfortunately, skipper Dusty Baker has COVID. Um, they, they came in with a couple big trades to end the regular season. And it's a busy time for sports, especially in, in Houston. And I'm glad you were able to join us. We've missed out, you know, a few times where you have been on Post Talking Sports. Uh, you've had deaths in the family. I've had deaths in the family. It's other issues. Life got yeah. in the way. Things like that also. But the Texans practice today, right? The Texans did practice today. Um, they're off tomorrow, which is great. I can try to get caught up on some other work. They practice today. You know, the big thing in training camp for them is to, to, you know, get into really into playing shape. 
to not have a lot of injuries. That's really important to them. And to see what these guys look like on tape. And this weekend, on Saturday night, they will play the first preseason game against the Saints. As head coach Lovey Smith said today, listen, whenever they keep score, you want to win, right? But that's not the most important thing in preseason. If they get a win on Saturday, great. But what's most important is that they can do some more evaluations, see how this team is progressing, see how the things they've been putting in in off-season, OTAs, mini camps, and now training camp, how that is registering. And you can't really make a whole lot of assessments until you're finishing plays and you're hitting other people. So they're looking forward to that, and, and I am too. Um, and, you know, just it's about the effort. You know, Lovey is, is, is about show up and show out. And one thing he says every day is that he, he has been pleased with the effort. And they've got, they've got some work to do. I mean, there's nobody with rose-colored glasses talking about this team um, lining up for the Super Bowl. However, this time of the season, everybody's got the same shot. I mean, how, how much of practice is the media allowed to watch? So in training camp, we can watch the whole thing. Um, once the season starts, so for the for the for training camp, you get you get to watch the entirety of it. Once the season starts and they go into their regular season mode, we probably can watch about the first twenty minutes or so, maybe maybe thirty minutes max. You're not really seeing much, you know. You're seeing some stretching and warming up and some a few drills, but right now we get to see it all. And correct me if I'm wrong, the Texans in that case, even training camp. That's different than any other local Houston team to watch me. They can watch every, you know, all of practice right now. Right. That Rockets, is true. Rockets, no. You're talking about Astros, whatever, no. College-wise, yeah, well, Astros, no, nobody. I mean, Astros don't really practice during the season. But when you're in spring training, you can watch it. You know, Astros is a little different. Baseball is different. But basketball is not. And you mentioned basketball. Um, Rockets head coach Stephen Silas was out of practice on – that would have been Friday. And uh, he was there for the whole practice. And we got a chance to chat with him a little. And he said it was great to be out there. Um, and he got a chance to, to visit with Lovey a little bit after practice. And, yeah. Andy James, Willie, questions for Kim Y. Davis. Chalk talk. I've known her for, oh, probably as long as James has been alive. So, Going twenty on <laughs> years, something like that. I mean, that's about right, right, sis? And me, that's about years. right. Yeah. Probably, yeah, probably so. Yeah. Anybody? Toss out some questions. Yeah, I'll go first. Uh, Kim, I'm curious, what, what have you seen from Davis Mills early on in Texans training camp? So this is day two of Davis Mills. He's still with Pep Hamilton. The offense is different. Is different. You know, Pep's offense is a lot more simplified. And so Davis, I think he looks pretty good. And, and when I say that, let me – um, he looks good in camp in terms of what you see. I, I don't know what his upside is and, and how good he can be, and I never want to, like, side a person's limitations. I don't know what they are. But what I see from him is he looks pretty good. I, I don't know that he is the quarterback of the future, but he is the quarterback of this team for 2022, <laughs> and that's going to be the case. Um, so he's looking pretty good. And, and a guy that I know you guys may be interested in is, is uh, the former Cougar, um, Kyle Allen, who has also, you know, uh, looked pretty good. So um, Davis looks like, listen, everybody's saying the right things. The offensive guys are saying how he's 
you know, they can tell he's grown. He, he commands the offense. He commands the room. And you got to do that, though, right? I don't think they're being dishonest, but you got to give your guy that support when you know beyond a doubt he's the guy. And however good you're going to be this season is going to hinge a lot on what he's able to do with this offense. Their offensive line play, I think, is definitely going to be better. And the running back room has to be better. I mean, they could probably put the five of us in it and it'd be better. But it's wow. definitely going to be better. <laughs> I mean, better than us, even. <laughs> okay, well, we got comments from Wise Citizens on YouTube. Thanks very much for tuning in. He says he's got Kyle Allen is better than Davis Mills. We shall see. Okay. We shall see. Yeah. <laughs> James, Willie, what anything for Kim? Yeah, I got yeah. one. Um oh, go ahead, James. Okay. Um, just you know, over the past few seasons, obviously they've been down years for the Texans and the fan base has sort of struggled a little bit. But from what I've seen, it seems like, you know, the McNair family, a bunch of people are making efforts to sort of rejuvenate this fan base. Have you seen any of that? Because I know fans, you know, they're allowed to come to some of these uh media uh or preseason stuff um so do you get a sense that there's sort of some new excitement i guess among the fans um just with who they brought in and stuff so here's what i'll tell you they are doing some other stuff i mean even lovey is involved in in some of what they're doing from a marketing standpoint and being you know he's really about the fans are a part of it and the fans have been out there but here's what I've noticed. They seem really subdued. I mean, I saw, I've heard a little, I had a little bit of excitement on Friday, a couple cheers. And there's a former um, Texan who was there the other day talking on the sideline, Quentin Dent, who played for this team. And I said, so Quentin, what do you think? You know, so we talked about some of the players. And I said, Cam just feels really subdued. And he said, well, Cam, they don't have any superstars. And I was like, good point. I mean, the best player on this team, their superstar, is Larry McTunzel. He's an old lineman. Wow. People don't get excited about that, you know? So you don't have the personalities like the J.J. Watt and the Andre Johnson or the D-Hop and the Cushing. And, you know, so that excitement that we saw, that hasn't come back. And so we'll probably have to wait until the games count. If they win real games, people will probably get a little more excited. And there are some exciting players on this team. They're just not superstars that people already come in looking at, right? They're going to have to earn it, and the fans are going to have to if they win some games early, I think fans will, will will get on board a little bit, but they are having to work overtime in terms of their marketing department and their business operations, to, as you said, to re-engage fans because they've done such a poor job in a number of areas over the past few seasons, and they lost a lot of, they, they lost some of that energy for sure. Will? Yeah. Um, it's about Astros and a Texans question, but the Texans question first. Um, is it any conversation about the Texans settling with the uh, women on the Deshaun Watson situation? Are they saying anything locally? Uh, no. So when they settled with them, they, they, they didn't really, you know, say anything locally. Their thing was, I wouldn't say they wanted to make it go away, but I know that they didn't want that to be a distraction, right? So they settled it. They settled it before camp, so before we had really the access, and it has not really been a conversation since then. They haven't made any kind of, you know, okay, so here's why we did it, and I don't expect that, that they're going to do that either. So no, to answer the question, they have not. Got it, got it. 
And then as far as the Astros, they were in Cleveland this week. They split out of four game series with uh, the Guardians. I have to catch myself the Guardians. on that. Um, 70 and 40, 11 games up. Or is it pretty much uh, cruise control in September? Or do they expect Seattle to make a run? Or is it pretty much just get through the 51 games and get ready for October? So I think they want to go into, they want to finish with some momentum. Um, they want to they want to get everybody healthy, right? And they're not sleeping on Seattle. Because remember when they made, they had that huge stretch, I think it was 14 games they won in a row. And so they were able to kind of close the gap. So that could happen if you take your eyes off of what's really important. They're definitely not on cruise control. Um, they are, they, the moves they made last week was just a reminder that they are working toward postseason, but they still want to win because they want to win and they, they want to have home field as much as possible, right? So they've been kind of battling with the Yankees for best in the American League, but they're, they're not on, I don't think the, that's really how Dusty operates. So they're definitely not on cruise control. All right, Kim, I'm going to put you on the spot. Uh, go, go down the regular season Texans schedule. Make, it, make your predictions, okay? So you know I don't really like to do predictions. I only do this here with you, and it's something I just uh, – oh, like Here's the either. thing. Go ahead. But I, here's the thing. Until you get – we get through camp, they have 91 guys now because there's so many spots that you don't know about this team in terms of who's going to be here. And so until I know the roster, it's tough to say, but I can give you some – I can give you some guesses about it. Okay, that's fine. Week one, uh, the Colts, home for the Colts. Oh, man, <clears throat> home for the Colts. Um, the Colts are better, and that's going to be a tough one. It's Lovey's first game as head coach, and uh, yeah, I'm going to have to say, you know what? I'm going to say the Texans are going to upset the Colts. Okay. It's, an, it's a keep, guess, but that's what I'm going to say. And to keep track of the wins. Wins and losses, okay? Got it. Want to know so far. Week two at Denver. Uh, that's going to be tough. I think they may have a loss in Denver. All right. Week three at Chicago. I'm going to say, you know, that's homecoming for Lovey. You know, he played. He, he coached the Bears. They're going to be super motivated. They've got that a young quarterback there as well. But the Bears have a really good defense. I'm going to say that they go into Chicago and they upset the Bears. All right. Week four, home for the Chargers. They will, I will say Chargers in that one. Okay. Week five at Jacksonville. I think they'll beat Jacksonville. They're not very good. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Week six, they got a bye. Week They'll win seven. that one. <laughs> yep, they won't <laughs> lose. Week seven at the Raiders. Yeah, the Raiders are good. I'm going to go with the Raiders. Week eight, home versus the Titans. You know, this team has really played the Titans well. I think that uh, I'm going to give them a, a win a win at home against the Titans I, against any kind of better judgment, but you know, All I'm right, going to so go with the Titans. <laughs> that's seven games. Andy, what's the record so far? Four and three. 
All right. Week nine is a Thursday game. Home versus the Eagles. Uh, they will. I'm going to go with the Eagles. All right. Week ten at the Giants. Yeah, I'm going to give them the Giants. They'll beat the Giants. Week eleven, home versus a once very proud franchise. Now have been run into the trash by the sorry behind owner, the Commanders. <clears throat> I'm gonna give you know what I'm gonna give him. I'm gonna give him. I'm gonna give him just because of all of that. I'm gonna give him a win against the the Commanders, which so sounds so odd. I'm gonna still call him the Washington Football Team. It sounds better than Commanders. Um, it does sound better than the Commanders. All right, week twelve at the Dolphins. Huh. I think they can win against the Dolphins. I think that's a game they can win. That's a that's a game they've got a shot at winning. Okay, so where are we at now, Kim record Andy? Right now we're at seven and four for the Texans. Okay. Texans got seven wins? Yeah. Gordon on a three game. Oh, I have to revisit that. Okay. <laughs> beating the Dolphins, beating Washington, New York, uh, Tennessee once, Jacksonville, Chicago, and the Colts week one. Yeah, I probably have to re- probably have to change that coach pick. That sounds kind of ridiculous. Can I change that pick? You can, sure. This is me, this is August seventh. You know, nobody's sold you to this. August seventh. It's all right. Yeah. Yeah, let's let's go ahead and so that would drop a, them to, that change. All right, six, six, six and five. five. All right, week thirteen. Let me hear this one. Week 13, okay. the Titanic no. tilt that everyone is waiting for. Every Texans fan, every Browns fan. The NFL is probably waiting on this one, too. Who you got? Texans versus the Browns at home. So I think it depends on who's the quarterback, right? I think if Deshaun Watson's the quarterback, the Browns win that game. Okay. If it's so, so what set, that, I think the Texans got a shot. I have no idea. Um... I think he will be playing by week 12 because okay. of the appeals and they're going to be the counter suit. So I'm going to have to go with the Browns. All right. Week 14. Week 14 at the Cowgirls. And yes, I said Cowgirls. <laughs> I don't care who they are, what they are. As long as I have an, an inkling of fandom left in the Washington franchise, they will always be the Cowgirls to me. Yes, the cowgirls at Dallas. so the cowgirls. I think they will. Uh, I think they will lose the cowgirls. As much as it pains me to say that. All right, week fifteen, home versus the Chiefs. I take the Chiefs in that one. Week sixteen at the Titans. I'm going to take the Titans. Week seventeen, home versus the Jaguars. They're going to win that game at home against the Jaguars. All right, then wrap it up. Week 18 at the Colts. <sighs> What's my record now? Right now they're 7 and 9. So, that's kind of the onside where I thought they might be on the high end of 7. So, I'm going to say they lose to the Colts. All right. So, okay. I think I think on the high end like super optimistic, there are 7 games. They're okay. somewhere between five and seven to me when I look at them as they're built and as I think they may end up with a roster to start the season. So, yeah. That's optimistic to say seven games. That's, that's fair. And once again, this is colleague, friend, 
uh, known Kim Y. Davis. And just real quick, I don't want to yeah. age you, but for folks, for youngsters, the people who do not know, Kim was, let's tell about how you started and your history because she was one of the first to be on TV in town, correct? Yes, I was. Um, and AJ let me know, reminded me that I'm the first black woman in the market. And I was like, to do sports? And I was like, really? It was a case when I went to New Orleans too. But So I actually started in print because I thought that made you more of a journalist. So I was a, I was a writer. I wrote for the Houston Sun, I wrote for the Wire Services, and I wrote for the Houston Post. And I also did work for BET when they had um, real sports programming. I used to go and do a show called the Budweiser Sports Report with guys like Mike Wilbon and Bill Roden and you know just some of the great writers. And they were, I was the only one from this area. They were, they're all from the East Coast. So I got a chance to work with them and develop. James Brown, that's where we first worked together. I did that, and then I started doing some talk radio. Um, I used to do XA show on KCOH with uh, Butch Woolfolk, and I used to do a, a weekly Oilers show. And then I would do little updates for Ralph when I was on the road because I traveled with the Oilers. So I did that. Um, then I started doing stuff at Channel 11 because that's where I interned. So I worked in TV. I did um, Steve Smith Sunday. They had a show that was called Bullseyes, kind of a woman's round table show. I did that show and did some packages for them. And then I did morning radio and magic. I did Houston Comets radio broadcast. I was the host of the pregame, halftime, and postgame shows, two of their championship seasons. And then I went to New Orleans, where I anchored in New Orleans at the ABC station. I went to D.C. I did some college sideline work. And I came back to Houston as vice president of the Super Bowl and did that job for a couple of years. And then I started basically doing some freelance work and started my business. And then I went to Channel 2, which is my last, I guess, real job. and worked there about six years as a, a news manager. I was a senior producer and I hosted a show. And then I left and started my own business and started uh, doing Chalk Talk. So that's kind of my really 30-year career in a in a nutshell, so I don't bore you. But I always say when I tell you I've done this for 30 years that I started when I was 12. <laughs> That's my number. <laughs> and, and I'm not... And cover I'm those two Rockets championships, right? Yes. I'm, I'm not... Yeah. I'm going to say this. I don't want her to say it. I'm going to say this. Mr. Gibson. Yes, sir. Mr. Mueller, Mr. Yannis. Why Citizens King, folks... Waffles on watching on YouTube. You heard her resume or her history. I'm going to toss a boulder at my alma mater. Don't care. It's, my, it's our show. All that she's done and accomplished in her career. UH will not give her a credential. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, yes, I'm saying it. UH will not give her a credential. And you know what's you. funny, Chris? I used to cover them. Um, that's, that's really where I first met Andre Ware, when he was in the Heisman run, right? So I covered them back then. And of course, I moved a bit in and out of the market in my career. So I just got to the point where I stopped. I'm like, why am I fighting them to cover the games? You know, it was just, it's not ego for me, but it, it was just disrespectful. Like, okay, 
never mind. They told me this is what they told me, and I I, I kept the email because they put it in writing. Um, is it Chris Conway? What's his name? Conrad. 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 Yeah. Yeah. He told me he said, "Well, I just don't think you're committed enough to high to college athletics." Well, that's not my job to be committed to college athletics. I tell stories, and so. He said, it's not about numbers. It's not about any of that. Basically, we don't think you're committed and we can't just let anybody come and cover the team. He said they would allow me to come to practices and press conferences. And I said, I'm good. So I don't come there. And this is probably the most I've talked about them. So, you know, it's enough to do in the market, but yeah, I don't cover them. Right. So like I said, I put it out there. Okay, so I put it out there and what y'all gonna do to me? <laughs> so whatever, <laughs> you know. Uh, so we shall see and, and that's part of I'm part of this show. You know, credential, being for, credential for a while and, and all those great things. You know, yeah, they could revoke my credential. Wouldn't take, stop me from doing this show. <laughs> Wouldn't stop me from doing Houston Ron Bar Review. You know, all those things, avenues, you know, it still exists for me and will continue to exist for me. Kim has her platforms as well. So Kim Davis, how can folks find you, get in touch with you, watch your shows and see what you do? So I do a show called Chalk Talk live every Tuesday at 11 a.m. And it's on every platform that you may be watching now. Um, Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, YouTube. And you can also follow me on Twitter for like daily updates on Rockets, Astros, Texans, and really the, the league um, you know, the whole league. I mean, I focus on the local teams because that's what I'm, I'm day in, day out with them, but I cover the league and what's happening. You can follow me on Twitter at Kim Y. Davis, and you can follow me on um, Facebook at uh, Kim Y. Davis Media on Instagram. And stay tuned because I'm hoping to be able to um, announce the launch of a new TV project coming up in a couple months, but hopefully I can announce it in about a month, and when I do, I'll, I'll come here and share it with Chris, but I appreciate you always sharing your space with me, Chris, being a resource when I need you, and um, I'm glad I could make it today. Sundays get kind of tough when it gets to football season, so I'm glad I was able to come and join you guys for a little bit on this Sunday. It's good to see y'all. Very much appreciated, Kim. You take care, and we will, I'll probably talk to you after the show, okay? All right. Thanks a lot. See you guys. Thank you very much. Thank you. Once again, that's Kim Y. Davis, the Chalk Talk, joining us. Just wanted to finally glad to get her to be a part of the show on the, as my young colleague, Mr. Yanez, likes to describe it as yet to be sponsored guest hotline show, hotline, a portion of the show. So getting back into that mode. So try to get more guests on. Uh, folk talk sports as well as less rage cougs Andy, what's the countdown for less rage cougs um 27 days but let me make sure yes sir 27 days have that memorized off the top of my head all right okay so glass you can make it and maybe try to hopefully get other guests on future editions of fts and I'm going to try to get some uh, guest colleagues on um, Let's Race Cruise, of course, the unofficial postgame show of UH Athletics, as well as uh, my Let's Talk Houston Rockets show. Got some folks trying to line them up for future shows there. Mr. Gibson. Yes, sir. Shifting gears to the pros. 
I, is it much to do about nothing with Kareem Hunt and the Browns? Yeah, essentially he uh, requested a trade, and said, they said, oh, that's nice. Practice starts at 2 o'clock. And he was there. <laughs> Kareem right? Hunt. Yeah. Kareem Hunt. Yeah. Yeah. That's nice. You want to trade? Okay. No. See you at 2 o'clock. I mean, what, what would, okay, because I think it, the trade request was reported earlier today, earlier Sunday, right? Well, you made it yesterday. Okay. You made it All yesterday. Right. Yeah, but um, what essentially what it is, is, and I get it, he's, um, last year was deal. Um, he's backing up Nick Chubb. Well, splitting time. Backing up yeah. Nick Chubb. <laughs> and, um, he wants to start. He want, he's playing for the next deal. He's playing for the next contract. You know, and I know, you know, Kim White Davis and yourself and, and the gentleman that are now Andy and, and James, we look at the NFL as the National Football League. Players look at the NFL as not for long. Mm-hmm. And he's looking to capitalize on his earning power, earning potential. So he wants to play more. He wants to start he wants to showcase his skills in preparation of next year's contract. And he know he, he knows that won't happen here in Cleveland. So he asked for a trade. Again, see you at 2 o'clock. And he, now to appease him, maybe they gave him some first-team reps in training camp, day 10. Does that translate to September 11th in Charlotte? Probably not, but we shall see. How old is Kareem? Well, Kareem is 27. So Kareem is 27. Right around the prime of his NFL career. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And this is the last year of his contract, current current deal? This will be the last year of his contract. He'll be a free agent at the end of the season. Okay. Yeah, well, Kareem is 27. He'll be actually, yeah, he just turned 27. Um... Yesterday. Oh, about that. Also, so he requested a trade on his birthday. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Like, no, this is, yeah, yesterday. He turned 27 yesterday. So, uh, I guess he was hoping for a birthday present. <laughs> yeah. And the Browns said, uh, no, and we'll see you at 2 o'clock on Sunday. <laughs> so, yeah. all right. Well, so much for that. Now, another Brown. Get everybody to discuss this one. Another Brown, Deshaun Watson. Mr. Gibson. Yes, sir. You, you, kind, you kind of, I don't want to speak, put words in your mouth. Went, went against your gut in I terms know. of the suspension. So just go from there about what the judge announced, the NFL appealing, and go forward. Yeah. Um, to, me and Chris talked about it Monday. Um, last week after I saw the PA at um, released their statement of them not appealing Judge Sue L. Robinson's uh, decision. Now, this is before it was made public. Mm -hmm. So they preemptively said, we will not appeal her decision, and we ask that the NFL do the same, not appeal the decision. So that, from me, along with some other things I had heard about some of the, uh, the hearing, led me to believe... He didn't get anything because 
the NFL presented 13 cases, and Judge Sue L. Robinson threw nine of them out. So there are only four that she allowed. And that kind of raised a red flag to me. Like, well, maybe the NFL didn't have as strong a case as they thought. So along with that, that made me believe, okay, they didn't get anything. Well, she gave them six games. Now, the thing about that is, in her decision, it's a 16-page decision, I was able to read it uh, Wednesday, you would think that most people on outside without the information, um, you would think the league lost. She sided with Deshaun Watson. Mm-hmm. No, you read that decision, she called his actions egregious. She she basically sided with the NFL on every point. So essentially they won. The issue being the NFL is trying to reset precedent on this case. Yes. She mentioned in her report, in her decision, that the precedent for nonviolent sexual assault, which is what we're discussing here, the accusations against the child Watson, the league's precedent has been three games, a three-game suspension for those players involved with nonviolent sexual assault accusations. She gave him six. So she took the league's precedent and doubled it. The league still sees fit that that's not enough. They want an indefinite suspension and an $8 million fine. She did not level the fine. She gave him six games. So the league, in turn, appeals. Now it goes to either Commissioner Roger Goodell or his designee. And a smart move, he, Commissioner Goodell, recused himself and appointed a designee. Mm -hmm. uh, Former New Jersey Attorney General uh, Peter C. Harvey. He received the information on Friday. Now, the key about the, the, the appeal is this. No additional information can be presented. He has to take the same information that Judge Sue Robinson used to suspend Deshaun for six games and review that in the appeal. So conventional wisdom would say, well, he has the same information she has, and she gave him six games, then he should uphold her decision and give Deshaun six games. Most people think that the league is going to get their pound of flesh and Deshaun is going to get at least 12 games and an $8 million fine. Now, the significance of 12 games is this. You just mentioned the schedule game with Houston. It was week 14. The 12th game for the Cleveland Browns is December 4th at NRG Stadium in the Houston, playing the Houston Texans. The league does not want Deshaun Watson playing in Houston on December 4th. That's why they're pushing for a 12-game suspension. The irony in that is the league makes the schedule. They could have made the Houston game week three, right. and he would have missed it under the same original six-game suspension. So that's crazy to me that, oh, we can't have him in Houston because they don't want the press. They don't want the bad publicity. They don't want the protesters. They don't want all of that on December 4th. Well, well, I agree with that. But the ratings would be massive, man. The TV ratings for that would be just huge. Yes, protests would be outside, and, and but hey, that would oh, be a ratings bonanza. 
Oh, without question. But they're 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 pandering to their base. And this iron the irony of that again is they have to show well, well there's a couple things. Roger Goodell took massive heat a few years back for the Ray Rice suspension. Yes, correct. Ray Rice was suspended two games for alleged assault against his then fiance. And as soon as Roger Goodell issued his two-game suspension, out of thin air, some would like you to believe, a videotape was produced showing the elevator where Ray Rice assaulted his fiance. Right. Roger Goodell claimed I had no access to that video. Okay. Seeing that every head of security for an NFL team is a (laughs) former FBI agent. Okay. He claimed he had no access to that video prior to his decision. So ever since then, he's tried his best to drop the hammer on players involved with cases. Players involved with cases against yeah. women. I'll say it not, again. Not owners. Not players. Owners. Right. Thank you. You see where I'm going. Not Robert Kraft. Not Daniel Snyder. Funny, we don't have a decision on that yet. But I'll, I'll move on. Right. So, yeah, that's uh, that's where we stand right now. Um, uh, Peter C. Harvey has the information. He will be reviewing it. it the CBA calls for an expedited decision. So most believe that a decision will be this week. Um, but oh, wow. again, if he has all of the information and only the information that Sue L. Robinson has, and her decision was six games, Conventional wisdom makes me ask, how can his decision be any different? Yeah. So, yeah, I'm curious about that. We'll, we'll see. Andy, James, I want to comment on that because we're going to wrap it up with the basketball non-conference to close out this one, Folks Talker Sports. You guys want to comment on the six games, the appeal, anything? The schedule? <laughs> <laughs> uh, no. I, I, like Will said, when it, when it came to the decision – um, initially, when when it was announced that it was going to be six games, like Will said, it um, it would lead you to believe that um, you know they were in support of Deshaun Watson. And then when you actually get to into the specifics, um, honestly, a lot of it got thrown back into the NFL in terms of not being able to you know, suspend Deshaun Watson uh, for a longer period of time. And like Will said, the NFL wants to to push for an indefinite suspension of Watson. And and at the end of the day, she said there's just no precedent for it. Um, and she kind of phrased it where the NFL was trying to make her set that new president, yeah. uh, precedent, which would have, um, at the end of the day, she, she didn't feel like it was right for her to do that. And she kind of put it back on the NFL and, and then the NFL kind of ended up, uh, maybe not necessarily the, the best phrase, but they kind of, you know, were the ones that were kind of put back into the fire and, and, uh, Roger Goodell, like, like Will said, it kind of had to be with optics where, you know, you have to appeal and, and at least make it seem like you're trying to enforce a stricter punishment. Uh, but I agree with Will. I mean, it's, it's, it's hard to, if it's the exact same information, um, 
it's now, Will, I have a question for you. You said that uh, Sue Robinson, she threw out uh, nine of the cases. Uh, will those nines come back into play or would it only be the four that she focused on? Just the four. Only, that's the only four. those four. Yeah, I agree. I mean, especially if what if, if it's at minimum twelve, like that's that's double of what she said would would have been exceeding the precedent, and I just don't see that. And um, it's going to be interesting come you know, the next CBA negotiation talks come. That's really when the NFL and and the Players Association will probably have to address that. But I don't see anything longer than than six either. James, go go to you as you've been a trooper. Uh, sticking on the show with, with no power at your house. So what are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I, I just echo what Andy and Will said. Will explained it really well. And while it's bad PR and for the league and social media is going to continue to, you know, blast Deshaun if he's at least not suspended a full season or indefinitely, just that, that's just the reality of it. People are going to be upset. But it's so hard for them to come up with some I mean if they if they do extend it to like indefinite or a full season like I don't see how they can logically explain that from the initial ruling and like you said you there's no new evidence that's coming to light in this so I I really don't see it going much uh more maybe it gets bumped up a few games but I can't see it going more than like eight but I I think it will probably stick at six to uh, stick with six. Um, yeah, that's just all right. My Let's get into basketball. Non-conference schedules for two local teams uh, were announced in the last few days. Um, the graphic on this is not great. Let's see if we can pull it up without throwing it off the screen. There we go. Uh, oh, okay. I don't want that. What did I just do? Uh, okay. Oh, there we go. Right there. All right, the Houston Cougars men's basketball schedule. I'm going to read it because the dates, you can't read the dates. You see the team names, but not the dates. We're going to contrast that with the next slide for Texas Southern men's basketball. You'll see a difference in which is better to read, easier to read. Cougs, November 7th, Northern Colorado. November 11th in the Veterans Classic at Annapolis uh, uh, versus St. Joseph's. And then in the Cougar Classic for two games, basically made out of necessity, Coach Sampson said a lot, of, I say a lot, but a few teams backed out of some multi-team events for Houston, so they had to make their own multi-team event this season. First game will be November 14th versus Oral Roberts and Max Acemas, one of the leading scorers in the country in the backcourt. That'll be a fun matchup. Acemas against Jamal Shedd, Marcus Sasser. Then November 16th, Texas Southern. Home game. Two H-Town teams battling. I'm looking forward to that. November 20th at Oregon. 26th versus Kent State. 29th versus Norfolk State. December 3rd in Fort Worth. Dickies Arena. St. Mary's. Should be a good game. December 6th, home versus North Florida. December 10th, home versus Alabama. I think a lot of Coug fans for sure, remember the goaltending, non-goaltending of last season's matchup. Looking forward to that. Got this game circled on the calendar. We'll, we'll see about, you know, revenge or whatever. I'm sure one colleague specifically is going to ask about, Kelvin, do you think it's going to be revenge in the game and blah, 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 whatever. We know who that colleague is, don't we, guys? Um, 
November 13th, we got North Carolina A&T in the Coaches versus Racism game. November 17th at Virginia. Virginia should be better than they were last season when the Coos waxed them in Houston by 20. In the wrap-up non-conference, December 21st, December, I'm saying, I think I said November there, uh, December 21st versus McNeese. Andy, James, Will, thoughts on that? Four, what, what do we say, guys? Four potential Q1 opponents in this, in this schedule, non-conference? Yeah, I would say that. That's not bad. Um, Oregon, hopefully, Virginia, Alabama for sure, St. Mary should be as well. So four out of that were 13 possible Q1 opponents. James? Yeah, I mean, there's still we've di- we've discussed this a little bit um, when when it first came out, but they're still gonna struggle with that um, RPI and just overall come uh, NCAA tournament team uh, seeding stuff. I mean, I think we all agree that Houston will be in contention for a good seed, but I, I wonder how much this will hurt um, them. I know. Kelvin Sampson, when he met with us, mentioned that, you know, they were trying to get into a few um, MTs um, that would have boosted this a little bit, but scheduling conflicts, teams backing out and stuff didn't work out. But I'm glad you did highlight the Oral Roberts game. I'm excited for that one just to – that guard matchup is going to be fun. But overall, I mean, Houston should should do well non-conference, and they need to win. most if not all these games um if they want to have a one seed um as a possibility yeah ag- agreed and another player for Oral roberts um is a former camera cameron ambery cam ambery is a top 10 gavi lewis award finalist so he'll be home in that cool classic Oral roberts would be in town to play houston and tsu so cam will get a chance to uh, play in front of his mom and dad and his mom played at Rice. His dad played at HBU. I covered both of them when they played in college. So I am very old now that their, their son is a freshman in college. So, oh my, yes, I need a cane to walk around now because the son of players I covered when they were in college is now in college. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah, on that, Andy, thoughts on it? Possible for Q1. Do you think James, you agree with James that the Cougs probably need to win all of them? to especially, you know, obviously the four Q1 potential opponents to help their net chances? Uh, that, that's an interesting question. I'm not sure if they have to win all of them, but I think uh, at the very least, probably uh, they have to go at least three and one. Um, I don't know, a split's probably calling it. I'm just going back to last season when um, they ended up having less Q1 opportunities than they originally thought when the schedule came out, just of the way things turned out with um Oregon with Virginia of course and then even in the MTE when they when they ended up playing uh Butler um and they lost to Wisconsin in that um in that tournament as well so um a lot of the conversations once once they came into conference play and Houston made a run it's like oh well they're doing it against American Athletic Conference Q3 Q4 opponents and when they play Q1 teams uh they're losing and then come NCAA tournament they were probably underseeded uh, heavily and and they ended up making their run so I could see that I think Three and one puts them in a good spot. Um, I think, like you said, Chris, the, the game that's um, going to be circled for a lot of UH fans and it's kind of the attention grabber is that December um, 
tenth game against Alabama, just of the way last season ended, and like you said, the the controversy where um, Houston and 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 Houston's fans felt that that was a Golden and Houston should have walked away um, with a victory against Alabama. So that's that's like the top headliner, and I think really when it comes to the non conference schedule, the the biggest complaint I've that read from some UH fans on on the Kook fans forum is um, just really kind of the lack of, um, and this is going back to what we've discussed, the lack of headliners playing at Fertitta Center. Yep. Um, and that, no offense to, to Oral Roberts and, and TSU and some of the other schools, but it's really Alabama. And that's pretty much it now. Virginia, Oregon, St. Mary's, those are, you know, premier programs, but those are all either on the road or a neutral site. So that's, that's a complaint that's been brought up. Um, and like I said, it's something we've touched on in the past where, uh, you know, people care about who the opponent is when they, they come into town. And Will, I'm going to mention this and you can, you can add your, your two cents. Coach Samson said this non-conference schedule scheduling, putting it together was more difficult for, he wasn't going to do uh, home and homes this year because next year's schedule, Houston joins the Big 12 and some of the non-conference schedules already put together because the Big 12 has games, a challenge with uh, the Big East, so that's a game, and then uh, the SEC. So you've already got those games. You're not going to play Big 12 teams this year for home and home because you're going to play them next year in, in conference play. So that kind of cut into who he would play, Houston will play for home games this season. So this is what we got. So what are your thoughts on that? Sure, if we were to call it Carolina, Hubert Davis would have answered, but I digress. Um, yeah. uh, I'm, I wonder because of who the Trios have on their schedule. I mean, that's, it's, it's packed. So I don't yeah. know if they had you know chance to, to fit oh, dates. Oh, I know. I, you know. I'm, I know. I'm but I, but I, I, I'm more along your line of thinking, call Duke, call right. Carolina, call Kentucky. Uh, you know, more than Bama to come to Fertitta Center. Right. I, I say that to say, to piggyback on what Andy said, and then answer the, the initial question, they, they need to win all of them. Because do you want to take a chance with the AAC? I mean, no, with all due respect, which typically means I'm about to disrespect you, but with all due respect, no. You gotta. You have to win what's on your schedule. You have an opportunity to beat an a, a, a ACC team, an SEC team. You have an opportunity to beat a Pac-12 team, and you have an opportunity to beat a West Coast Conference team. You gotta do it. Yeah. You gotta do it. I, 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 you know, I agree. In the sense, if you want to get as high a seat as possible, I mean, Coach Sampson doesn't care about that. That's more for media and the fans. Yes. And the pundits, haters are going to say, well, they lost at Virginia, you know, by two, by three, whatever it may be, if they lose to Virginia, and they may right. not. Right. But Virginia and Oregon for, as road games should count as Q1 wins because they're road games. Q1 for a road opponent for Houston on the road, that's one, you know, between one and 75. So Oregon and Virginia should be within that, you know, should be within one and seventy-five. If they're not, then that's really going to hurt the Cougs' non-conference schedule. Shifting gears, Texas Southern men's basketball announced 
We'll see the difference in graphics. You can see the dates. Man. <laughs> Just putting it out there. My intent was not to compare the graphics. I wanted to post the non-conference schedules. And when I did it, I was like, wow, one's easier to read than the other. But TSU, Texas Southern, as a SWAC school, folks who follow basketball know for a, a lot of years, SWAC schools don't get home games in non-conference. TSU wow. has... Arizona uh, State. Wow. Arizona State, yes. That's part of an agreement between the Pac-12 slash Pac-10, whatever you want to call it, and the SWAC was announced last year, agreed upon last year, where Pac-12 schools will come to SWAC schools, I think, this season and next season, I think. I think it's a two-season deal. So, yes, Arizona State will be at TSU November 13th. Oral Roberts, TSU hosts them. So, get a chance to see Max Acemas twice in town, one of the leading scoring guards in the country. Then the other home game, North American, the games – at versus NCA and T and Hampton are in Vegas as part of the Chris Paul HBCU challenge that Chris Paul is, is a sponsor of. And the last home game, December 29th, Houston Tillerson. So the big one, marquee game, home game versus Arizona State. Other road games, man, at Texas Tech, at Houston, at Auburn, at Kansas. That's that's a tall order right, right there. And then the last road game of non-conference at Wichita State, James, Andy Will, thoughts on this TSU non-conference schedule? Um, typical. Um, and I say that from the perspective of most HBCUs playing what, and I don't know what they're described as um, elsewhere, but money games. Yeah. Check games. Yep. Um, yeah, so to play on the road in a four-day period, Houston, Auburn, Sanford, and then if you want to go four games in 12 days, Kansas. I mean, Carolina's not doing that. Duke's not doing that. Um, so it's, it's pretty much typical. James? Yeah, I agree. Um San Francisco is a nice way to open up. Um, they're, they're an underrated team. Um, I think, I mean, just from the TSU perspective, like Will said, a lot of it is money driven. Um, but if you're able to, you know, pull off an upset um, in just one or two of these big games, I mean, that will help them tremendously. Still, they'll probably have to, you know, win the conference to get an NCAA tournament bid. But I mean, you're getting your guys experience. You're playing um, against you know, marquee programs. Um, and I think it's really cool. Like, like you mentioned already, Arizona state getting to come, you know, play them on campus. That's, that's, that's a big deal. And, um, cause like you said, most of the time they're going everywhere. Cause that's, that's the money. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's a nice non-conference schedule and I definitely agree with you on just the graphic side. It's definitely more visually fr- uh, appealing and easier to read friendly. Um, yeah. And, Andy, before I go to you to wrap it up, TSU getting four home games. I want to say four home games is the most they've had in almost 20 years for non-conference. Wow. Because, as Will talked about, money, checks, check games. You know, that's what HBCUs do. 
in non-conference to help the budget. So them getting four home games is a big deal. I hope TSU does a good job marketing the game versus Arizona State in the sense of having a Pac-12 school come to H&P Arena, as well as Max Aismas, one of the leading scorers in the country, come see him play against the Tigers. Andy, you first, then Will. No, uh, I was I was literally going to point that out right now that they only had four home games. I wasn't aware that that's the most that they've had in, and you said, 20 years? It, it's something uh, like that, yeah. It, it's, it's been a long time. Which, to me, is absurd, but wow, that's that's incredible. And uh, the, the other thing I was going to say was, um, just regarding the schedule, it, it, it reminded me of uh, what Calvin always says um, whenever he first took over the program at Houston, where it was much easier to schedule back then when he first took over the program and being able to set up um, a home-and-home series um, in the case of, in the case of TSU, like um, I can't remember who mentioned, I think it was James, where they're going to have a lot of opportunities for uh, Q1 games, and if they can just knock off, you know, a couple, you know, come NCAA tournament time, um, they're certainly going to have the opportunity to have one of the strong resumes come March. One, one quick question, real quick, before Will gets. Yes. Was it last last season? They knocked off Florida, right? That's who they. Yes, they 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 mashed Florida at Florida. Yeah, right. That's, uh, almost and, twenty points. Yeah. And the year before that, they knocked off Texas, correct? And one year they won at Oregon. So, yeah, they knock off of every the last few years. They've knocked off a big time program, at least one. Will? Yeah, I'm just looking at the, the graphics and I'm looking at the players. And, and I'm sure you guys know more than I. Shakir O'Neal. Shakir O'Neal. Mm-hmm. Is he still part of the program? Um, uh oh. I, I don't believe, I'm not sure. The new roster for this coming season is not yet posted on the website. Okay. So everybody you see here is, is from last year's squad. Okay. So I'm not, I'm not sure. I mean, he didn't do much, you know, while he was there. So he's listed on last year's roster. He was a freshman last year. I'm not sure if he's on this year's team or not. <laughs> so, so. Okay. That's I just I can just that's all I can say. Understood. You know we got Jordan Carl Nicholas, number five. He's now trying to get a pro shot. Uh, Jordan Gilliam, number eleven. Uh, PJ Henry is from Houston. He'll be a senior this coming year, so he should be back, as far as I know. And then number twenty-four, I think that is right there, is John Walker the third, another guy who should I think he's used his. Uh, COVID fifth year and is pursuing a pro career overseas. So that's the four guys we see in that graphic right there. But yeah, that's where it is. And I'm hopefully try to get an uh, interview with Coach Jones this week. If you missed it, last few days I was had a chance to talk to Rice Owls coaches, Lindsey Edmonds, women's basketball, and Scott Perra, men's basketball. Both of them are on the Houston Round Bar Review YouTube channel. Got another interview lined up tomorrow. Uh, won't say who it is, but person has ties with uh, UH. Just leave it at that. Got an interview lined up with the HBU women's basketball coach later on this week. So, rocket season. It's dog days of the NBA. So, I'm getting more in college basketball mode. So, let's tune into the Round Bar Review channel on YouTube. I'm going to wrap it up. Gentlemen, 
Folks Talk of Sports. James, you first. Who are you? How can folks find you? Has power been restored at your house? All that great stuff. Yeah, thanks for bearing with me. You know, we're still waiting on power, so hopefully comes on before not too long because it's getting hot in here. But, um, um, yeah, um, I'm glad I was able to join. Um, you can find me on Twitter at JDM2186. Uh, like Chris introduced me, I'm the sports editor for the Cougar, so all my stuff um, is on the dailycougar.com um, regarding UH stuff, uh, coverage. And, yeah, um, getting ready for football season to start, and then soon after that, best. And Andy Yanez, you next, sir. Yes, sir. You, uh, people can find me on Twitter at Ayanez underscore five. Uh, be sure to check out Podstime Ajama on YouTube on the Clark City Control Room YouTube account and or wherever you listen to your podcast, Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Um, there should be news regarding that um, upcoming soon um, within the next week or so. So keep posted about that. And I did want to make one uh, correction just regarding TSU. Now, they have obviously, of course, been in the NCAA tournament the last uh, couple of seasons. They've actually uh, garnered wins um, in you know, the past two appearances that they've had in this past season. They beat Texas A&M uh, Corpus Christi before they, they moved on. So, uh, I mean, TSU's been able to, to Yeah, they've I'll been part of the first that. four. And so they that's part of the tournament. So they've won mm-hmm. in the first four. So, yep. Yeah. So they've Things had around for them. Yes. successful seasons, and um, I, I'll toss it over to Will now. Will, how can folks find you, sir? Thank you, uh, gentlemen. Uh, Will Gibson 7 on Twitter as well as Instagram. Uh, Will knows at the – I'm sorry, Facebook. Yes, I just saw some Ohio State stuff pop across my screen. I apologize. No, as long as it's not bad news, that's good. Okay. No, 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 no. Scotty Middleton, number 18 overall prospect in the ESPN 100 for the class of 2023, is committed to Ohio State. I thought this was coming down today. So, uh, yeah, Ohio State actually is in the Bahamas right now playing the Puerto Rican national team. They beat the Egyptian national team yesterday, and they're playing the Puerto Rican national team today and just got a commitment from – uh, Scotty Middleton, number 18 on the uh, ESPN Top 100 list. He's a guard from Georgia, I believe, but he's coming to – I apologize. I'm doing this as we speak, so. It's live, man. It's, it's, it's no problem at all. It's live. Yeah, he is a uh, 6'6 small forward from Miami, Florida. Oh, Wow. <clears throat> So Chris Chris Holtman is doing it again, and and while I have it, this, twenty nine uh, student athletes received degrees today and summer commitment and summer commencement at Ohio State. So congratulations to those student athletes. Twenty nine uh, student athletes received degrees today. Kudos to them, and see if James come back on. But till then, we're going to wrap it up. Andy, do you know a little bit about um, Parker Jenkins? The com- Running back who committed to uh, UH. What is it? Yeah. Uh, yesterday? Saturday? Yes, that, that news came uh, yesterday. I think I, I, it was uh, Rob Sellers of uh, 24-7 Sports is who I saw first. And um, kudos to them because they had the, the free article. And this is going to be, uh, this is going to blow Will's mind again when probably when we get into specifics. So he's a four star recruit. 
Um, and apparently he, he's ranked, he's one of the highest commits that Houston has had um, in recent history. And I think, um, I want to make sure I get this correct. Yeah, if if he signs his national letter of intent, he would be the eighth highest signee for the Cougars in the modern recruiting era, uh, according to uh, the 24-7 sports article. Um, but he made his announcement yesterday, Saturday morning, via Vibe Houston's Instagram page. I know you pointed out how he did to come like a, about an hour later for him to post it on Twitter. Um, but yeah, that's big news for Houston in, in terms of being able to keep uh, local talent with the program. And um, I'm sure if James is there anything, I think we got James back. Is there anything else you'd like to add about um, Jenkins? Uh, not really. I sort of my Wi-Fi or I don't have Wi-Fi. My, my cell service has been cutting in and out. But basically, I mean, I think you hit on the main points, just, you know, high ranked guy. One of the uh, a trend you'll probably start seeing a little more. Um in the coming years, just with the move to the Big 12 and the success they're, they're starting to build under Dana. But, yeah, um, yeah, Andy hit, hit basically all the basic info uh, about him. Yep, Parker Jenkins, the 29th uh, best back in the nation. He had other offers from Oklahoma State, LSU, LSU. Boston College, Northwestern, Arkansas, Cincinnati, Florida, Florida State. Mississippi State, Ole Miss, Oregon, and Tennessee. So that's a big get for Coach Hogerson and the program. That's how we're going to wrap it up and close it out. I'm Chris Gardner of the Houston Round Ball Review. You can catch me at HoustonRoundBallReview.com. Twitter, you see right there, the HR Review. Houston Round Ball Review on Instagram and YouTube. Uh, hope you enjoyed today's show. Thank you for the folks who commented. On the YouTube channel, Tony Wise King, thank you very much for your comments. Thank you for tuning in. We covered a lot in sports today on FTS. We talked Texans, some Astros, some Deshaun Watson, some Kareem Hunt. So we covered NFL and the Browns as well. So that's what we're going to try to do here on Folks Talking Sports going forward as we get really closer and closer to the start of college football season and the start of the NFL as well. And at some point, Will, Andy, James, we're going to have – Time to discuss a Big Ten media rights deal because it seems the the agreement date changes and has changed since May. <laughs> so once that is done, we, we can discuss that and hammer out all the money Will's going to be getting and sponsoring, spending time here on FTS when it gets that money from uh, Commissioner Kevin Warren. So we look forward to that. So as always, thank you very much, fellas, for joining us. Thank you to Kim Y. Davis for taking time to join us today on Focus Talking Sports. You better catch the audio of this on the podcast platforms like Spotify, iHeartRadio, uh, Apple Podcasts in about an hour once we're done here. We hope you enjoyed it. Tell your friends about it. We're still looking for sponsors for this show, Focus Talking Sports, as well as Less Rage Cougs, and of course, the Less Talk Houston Rockets. Thank you again. I'm Chris Gardner for Andy Yanez, James Mueller, and Willie Gibson. Until next Sunday, take care. Peace. <laughs>